0: Hello oh, and welcome to Tell the Damn Story. I am Chris Ryan, an award-winning hybrid author, teacher, multi-platform creative, and former award-winning journalist. Also on the mic is Kids Comic Con and Color of Comics Exhibition founder, Alex Simmons.
1: Simmons, 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 Simmons.
0: <laughs> an award winner since 1996, including an Ink Pot Award from the San Diego Comic Con and three Glyph Awards. From the East Coast black age of Comics Con, he has written Sherlock Holmes, Tarzan, Batman, Superman, and Scooby-Doo, among so much more, and is the creator of the legendary African-American soldier of fortune, Aaron Blackjack Day, whose 1930s adventures comment on today's social problems. On Tell the Damn Story, we celebrate the trials and tribulations, the challenges and joys of creativity, and hopefully along the way help you decide how you want to tell your own damn story why listen to us why listen to us well i'll tell you yes tell me sir years in the trenches paying dues making mistakes we've learned from and earning victories earning victories the hard way and we're he's still here we're still standing man we're still still creating and offering advice on how you can keep creating as well Ladies and gentlemen, let's find out how the legendary Alex Simmons is doing. How are you, Alex? I'm okay. And how is the incomparable Christopher Ryan doing? Oh man, oh man! I tell you what. What? 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 What a week! What, what a week? A, what week! a week. I had uh, what is laughingly in 2021 called spring break. Yeah. This week, <laughs> there was no spring and no break to the questionable weather. Yeah. And uh, I had to make do. So a um, couple of things uh, uh, we've been accomplishing. Uh, I have been doing um, intermittent fasting. I don't eat ah, 7 okay. p.m. to 1 p.m. every day. And I'm down to 212 pounds. So I've lost a good amount of weight. Ooh, but ooh. Uh, if you looked at me, you'd say, hey, keep going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And also, um, I know when we first started, you were like,
1: "What is well, what is?" Yeah, this what was it with the, the translucent Street. thing well, that was in the way of the camera and all that? Tell you what it was. What was it? It was an
0: open package, open deck of uh, index cards. You know, I love index cards. And the reason I love index cards—that's is that's where I put why ideas. You love, and wait a minute, Chris. Deck, why do you love is,
1: index cards? Why? Why do you uh, love them?
0: Well, I'll show you, I'll show you how, how it works. For those who are just listening, I will show you as how it works. To. So uh, there's two sides of the index card. And they have, on the blank side, you put one word or two words, basically what the story's going to be, right? Hellhounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Flip, something like that. And on the other side, you fill it up with as when many on, ideas as you can. On the line side, fill it up with as many ideas as you can. And we have about 35, 40 of them just from this week. Um, there's been an idea that I've been having for a long time. And uh, it exploded this week. And uh, uh, oh, yeah, so I'm getting ready. I'm still finishing up. Everyone pays. You're it's not going to take... tell us? You're not
1: going to no, tell us? No,
0: not a word. Not a word. Wow. But I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Oh, but it, what? 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 It. Um, when I was growing up, Every once in a while, my mom, who was well over three feet tall, um, would climb into the uh, the refrigerator, and she would grab everything that wasn't moving too quick for her and throw it into a big pot and make, like, a beef stew, you know? Oh, um, okay. And uh, you, you could never tell what's in there, and it's always a surprise, and it was delicious <laughs> and big fun and all that stuff. That's what this project is, man. I promise you. It, it cool. is. A big fun beef stew, gumbo, Tuesday surprise, whatever you want to call it, man, it is it's fun. It's okay. a lot of
1: fun. So, so we know we have a Chris Ryan gumbo delight to look forward to, creative right. anyway, to look forward to somewhere down the line. There was one more thing we did this week, but what I you have think? to tell you, I have to be honest with you.
0: Uh oh. You've been this on- project that I'm working on, Alex. This project yeah. I'm working on. It is going to be big fun. But not nearly as big the fun as you will get from Infinitum by Tim Fielder, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Infinitum by Tim Fielder. The time-spanning, cosmos-spanning Afro-futurist that reaches deep into the past to go deep into the future. Amazing. Beautiful. Beautifully crafted graphic novel that you could experience by going to wherever you love to buy books. And he's saying to him, Hey, book, Hey, book pimp. Do you have infinitum by Tim Fielder? <laughs> book pimp, okay. okay. And if that's not enough, if the graphic cosmic wowness of Tim Fielder's infinitum is not enough. Well, let me tell you, there's something else. There is something else. <laughs>
1: something else. else that he's reaching into the, the, the deep recesses of his magnificent and, and magnum opus library of books. I mean, really, right now, if you were able to see what I'm seeing, you would see wall-to-wall, wall-to-wall books, uh, graphic novels, novels, and all of that many of them having wonderful covers by Tim Fielder. (laughs) Yes.
0: And I am back, ladies and gentlemen. I had to go
1: to the deepest heart of the jungle for
0: this one. Yep, 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 yep. Because if you you cannot handle going to the cosmos with Tim Fielder, then you should go to the jungles of Wakanda. (laughs) Black Panther, Tales of Wakanda by 18 different authors. And I have to tell you, I showed this to the goddess. And she said, Oh, that's so nice. Cause you know, everything is so nice with the goddess. And then I turned to the table of contents. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And this is this is what the goddess did it in, instantaneously. Oh! <laughs> it's Alex! Oh <laughs> and Alex Simmons, the Alex Simmons. Writes the the short story, and I shall see the sun rise, and the goddess is well pleased. So ladies and gentlemen, Afrofuturism incarnate with infinitum by Tim Fielder, Marvel's Black Panther and his entire family celebrated by Black Panther Tales of Wakanda, a groundbreaking anthology from the African diaspora. By 18 amazing authors, including one (laughs) iconic Alex Simmons. Wow. (laughs) Or you could just go to California if you're on spring break. Hey! (laughs) California scheming, ladies and gentlemen, with Kyra Black, Ann Perry, Scott Toreau, Walter Mosley, and Perry. Anne. And Anthony Horowitz, and Cadriona McPherson. And 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 the debut of Hellhounds by one Christopher Ryan. Ladies and gentlemen, it is. You can celebrate the traditional publishing debut (inaudible) of of soy Chris. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Now, there was one last thing I did. Just one last thing. (laughs) Spring break. You know, spring break. Many people go to exotic islands. On spring break, they go yep, out
1: in too. the sun and the fun. Right, or to the mountains, to the mountains, yeah. or to the mountains, or to the valleys below. Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what the goddess got me to do was to go out, leave the house. <laughs> this was a huge accomplishment. Not once. That's why it's three times, step by step, because the goddess knows that we have to nurture. especially those scarred by the (laughs) pandemic nurture so she took me to an outdoor restaurant where we ate and i was i only shook a little and then yesterday
1: yeah 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 yeah
0: day we went to an indoor place for pizza whoa and i was nervous i was nervous what pizza yes it was great pizza oh my. And. I was nervous, but there was like a what looked like a plato- platoon of soldiers in um, camouflage. I could barely see them. Um, and they were eating pizza. You could see the hands coming up to the mouth with the pizza. Well, I figured if they didn't die, because, you know, they're on the front line, then I would be okay. Yeah. So then after that, Alex, after that, we got really brazen, really brisky. The goddess took me to see... Godzilla vs. Kong. Oh, where, 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 where? I double mean, masks
1: in the ABC mask.
0: Theater. Uh, we went into the Dolby Theater. I probably will never go into a Dolby Theater again. Because what, what the Dolby Theater does is it puts, like, a, a ridiculous amount of great equipment in there.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then it hires, like, it seems to hire, like, a college sophomore. Who was into Metallica. That's that's what it seemed like to me. Because instead of getting the levels right, so everything is really affecting you well, you know? And so like, you know, when something's happening on one side and crosses over, you can hear it cross. No, they just went, Hey, let's turn it to eleven. And then it only has the, the the machine that will shake your uh yeah, but it just shook like constantly. You know, it was like one of those mall chairs where you put a dollar in. like <laughs> like a Bible chair. It, it, was, it was the lamest uh, uh, body massage I ever got. <laughs> but I did see Godzilla vs. Kong. And what did you think? Dumber than bird crap, but the <laughs> fights are big fun. Okay. okay. <laughs> Go for the fights. Stay for the glory that is Godzilla and the glory that is Kong, and some other surprises that we won 't talk to you about, but every time humans open their mouth, just realize that this is proof that Hollywood can make entertainment without eyes or cues. It is wow, wow, you know I mean dumber than the four thirty movies when we were kids
1: Oh God, oh, my God. Simmons
0: time machine, but yeah, you know, <laughs> we used to watch Big Monster Week, right? Yes, yes, uh, that's right. With, and, with it it just, subtitles or dubbing? Yes. This is like the 4:30 movie, an amazingly crystal clear CGI. You know, and luckily the two people fight, the two creatures fighting look different, so it's not like Transformers where it's just. You know, it, the, the, the utensil drawer got out, and they're having a war. <laughs> All right, so that's what was going on for my exotic spring break. Man, I can't top but, any of that. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, Alex Simmons has been on adventures of his
1: own, and let's see oh, what's yeah, going but none on. Like, that. None like that. My, my adventures were much tamer uh, this week, uh, as opposed to last week when I was in the hospital. Uh, this time now... Uh, I hit the ground running. Came out of the hospital and hit the ground running. Uh, the ground hits your back. Yeah, is, this is uh, April Madness month for KCC, my kids' Comic Con. Uh, so it, we're doing yeah. we're doing stuff all month long, and um, it's in in connection with a, a grant that we got, a small grant that we got at the end of last year, of 2020, uh, in December. And so it was a lot of paperwork and stuff to get that off the ground and to plan things and try and get a number of artists and people in place and all of that and confirmations. And with COVID and pandemics and vaccinations and all these people uh, trying to coordinate that, it took months. But what we're doing in our April Madness Month or KCC April Madness Month, is we're doing a number of programs in school, after school, and we're going to have a big event at the end of the month, virtual, uh, with a ton of artists on uh, not only comics, the art of making comics, and workshops and things like that, but also Myths, Mask, Legends, and Me, which is a program that's going to allow young people to look at representation of themselves, uh, especially those of color, uh, looking at, you know, from a cultural standpoint, Uh, but also conveying what they find and what they uncover and what they reveal and what they discuss in comic book format or in comic format or illustrative format. Uh, We have sci-fi and sci-facts, how we go from science facts to science fiction in comics and in novels. We're doing programs with that. We have guest speakers. We have interviewers. And I am with my team, of Eugene um, Adams and Maureen Britt and – Juan Espinoza and a number of other people, we are working to pull all this off inside of 30 days. Oh yes. So uh, you know, just 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 hit the ground running, making phone calls, setting up you know, sessions, setting up scheduling, all of that. And so I've been in and out, in and out, you know, I, I haven't even had a slice of pizza, although I have had an oatmeal raisin cookie, so that was pretty cool.
0: Well, I tell you what, you, 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 sometimes you need to stop for a slice of pizza. Yeah, yeah. I know that I, I got a call from uh, one of the agents of the Simon Shadow um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, about helping out, and I said, "Yes, I can." Just you know. Yes, you know, and you will so be prep time, you, but you know, 30
1: days and counting. So you yeah, well. I guess that's that's that, okay. this, this is like this is like being special forces. You're gonna get the call the night before <laughs> we're gonna hit the that plane.
0: Uh, yes, you, you read everything this person has ever done in an hour? Because the
1: interviews, at That's
0: seven. right. That's
1: right. <laughs> there will be some magnificent interviews um, led by Chris Ryan and some other things, so we will keep you guys posted. Also, Chris, I'm just going to throw this one out there, um, improv, impromptu. Um, we, we both had our health issues last month, so we didn't get mm. to do this one thing. So I'm hoping that we can squeeze in there somehow this one. We didn't do a Facebook Live. We didn't do a Tell the Damn Story Facebook Live last month. Name the day and we'll do yes. it. Yes, we will name the day, but not today. We're not naming it. We will name the day the next time that you see us, hear us. I, I will name one date. Well, what date would you like to name? I think it's April 12th. What is what is that
0: date? I'm going to be published again. Um, it's going to be my second uh, Pulpster profile for uh, the Pulp Fest website.
1: And, who, and who, who, who,
0: who? Joe R. Lansdale. That's right. And he was, you know, once again, one of the kindest, uh, most giving men uh, or people, I don't want to be sexist on him, um, that I've ever, you know, I've ever worked with. I mean, God bless him. I think he met me once, you know, one weekend, uh, one of the Pulp, Pulp Fest mm-hmm. years ago. And, um, He's always nice to me on Twitter. He's always nice So when I asked him, listen, can, can I send you a few questions just to m- update some of the stuff I have? He says, sure. Certainly. Uh, the agreement was four. I sent him seven. He, he sent me tons of material. I have enough for a,
1: a second article on a different topic. God bless
0: him. There you go. So yeah. By the way,
1: well. it, we didn't announce, but there's several things we're going to be talking about today, aside from what Chris has done, what I've done, what we haven't done. Uh, We're also going to be talking about some interesting rumors regarding DC Comics, and we're going to be talking about The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're going to be talking about Suicide Squad, a little bit about that, and um, there's going to be some Q&A, some questions from writers and folks out there that we, Chris and I, will try to answer to the best of our ability. So
0: I have a wild hot take on DC, but stay tuned for that,
1: ladies yes, and gentlemen. that's right. Stay tuned. Ah, there we go. There we go. Okay, fine, too. So let's start with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode three. Yes, I saw all three in one night. Oh, that's, that's I fun. I don't tend to binge. You know, I don't like to binge that much, but I had to. I had to catch up. And how did it feel to, to be so It, it was, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, you know, it's funny. We talked a lot about uh, WandaVision. You mm-hmm. know, we're doing it episode by episode by episode and all that. And we talked about how they took such risk at the very beginning with this very totally non-Marvel kind of feel and, right, and the right. perkiness and all that. It's like, really, is this going to hold anybody's attention? And it's a brand new series. It's a brand new streaming service. It's like, oh, God, what what risk? I felt like the Falcon and the Winter Soldiers went, uh, we're, we're just going to jump right right out of the marble bag. Bam! Right in your face. Yeah. And hit you with it. Solid, hard, clear. And we're also going to let you know that whereas WandaVision started out with quirky, bizarre, funny, strange, kind of off-balance kind of feel, this one is starting out solid drama and emotions.
0: Yeah, and and... Uh, As we've talked about, and as the universe has talked about, with episodes one and two already, yeah, and three. To to be honest, they've been all over three. It's I I cannot believe how much footage these people get to put on their YouTube shows, like the day after, you know, both uh, with Marvel, but also with you know, Godzilla and Kong. I couldn't believe how much footage was available. But anyway, um, we saw the action. We saw they were Marvel spending money. Mm-hmm. The budget. The budget is there. Big action in the first episode. The big flying uh, aerial battle oh, in God, episode there's, two. There's a little the, bit of Star Wars. A little bit of Star Wars in that on yeah. uh, with the Falcon as yeah. the Millennium
1: Falcon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know that's some great action scenes. And I got to tell you, I know that jet fighters can do that, but you got a you got a hunk of steel around you. You know. <laughs> All right. This guy's doing this with some metal wings in his body, and he's whipping between these That's, clips and rocks. And I'm going, like, you know, one wrong move, and you're peanut butter.
0: And it was, you know, it, it sets us up for everything else. Because you see, if you, if you had your doubts or if you hadn't noticed, you see the uh, heroics of the Falcon. Mm-hmm you see his uh, his mastery of this you see his uh military strategy uh strat- strategic mind you see his uh absolute cool in uh a deadly situation my man took it on he's taking on backtrock the leap um plus fighter planes and all that sort of stuff to 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 do what he has to do and he does it within the time frame all that sort of stuff but it uh, it counteracts, or, or, or conflicts, or or you or even works as a, a thematic foil for Sam Wilson's life mm-hmm. as a, a black man in America. Mm-hmm. And at every turn, you see the everyday institutionalized, taken for granted racism that is in America, and marvel is doing an amazing job laying that out. And they tied in so many things. We can now say that they pulled in not only Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, uh, trade paperback um, story points, but also Truth, Red, White, and Black. Mm -hmm. uh, I forget his last name.
1: Oh, who played, um, oh my God, Mantis. Back in the day he was also yes,
0: yes. on uh, a couple of the yeah. Spot TV series. Right, but the character's name is Isaiah and his grandson's name is Eli. Yeah. And, and Isaiah yeah. was when Cap was in the ice. They tried to get someone and they they experimented uh, with like the tus- 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 Tuskegee Tuskegee yeah. like, like those experiments, you know. But actually,
1: uh, you know, it's funny. I got to I just got to throw this in there. Um because it was uh, Kyle Kyle Baker who who wrote and drew the original comic book storyline about Red Red White and Black, and it was pre Captain America when he did it. Um,
0: I think we have to check that because I no, no, I'm correct. No, no, I'm, I'm clear.
1: I'm clear. The, uh-huh. the actual comics was pre Captain. It was before they. It the idea was perform it on blacks first, and then once we get the formula, then we'll put it into a white dude.
0: Okay, so. After episode, I guess they, they we see him in episode two. After episode two, I heard that widely brought up. And then this week, I heard Lee, it widely corrected. So we'll have to look into it and see which one it is. You know, I mean, yeah, you, you can be right. I, I'm okay with you being right. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I heard it and I repeated it um, after episode two, you know, uh, it being pre cap. Um, and um, now, a- Apparently, uh, there's a way of saying, wait, we were wrong. It was in the middle there. But in any event, in any event, they experimented on 300, 400 black people. Mm -hmm. Five of them survived. He was in the best ship, and he wound up being a black Captain America gone on ops uh, when the government needed him. And when they didn't need him anymore. They tossed him away. They, you know, he said they put my ass in prison, but it sounds like it was in a hospital or it was in a lab somewhere yeah. where they pulled, pulled uh, blood out of him, him to try and get that, the yeah. serum. Yeah. So they, you know, again, that, that casual racism that has been... Uh, what what it's I found America for its entire history.
1: What I found interesting um about that sequence too was that it wasn't Sam who knew about him. It was Winter Soldier who knew about him. But and and know, again, just that makes just, sense to me. Yeah, just, no, I'm just saying I found it interesting. And what was was, you know, the reaction and the things that were and then the scene that went down after that, which I'm not gonna because, you know, there's my spoiler law. I don't I don't do spoilers. So There's there's
0: a sequence on this show. Refuse to spoil the stuff that has been spoiled.
1: Yes, that's right. But it ain't been spoiled by me. (laughs) So (laughs) there's a sequence of events that happen from the discovery of this character that you're talking about, Isaiah, straight through the next fifteen minutes of that is this back and forth like a ping pong match about racial awareness and all that, and it's just really well done. Um, Artistically, artistically rendered. Yeah.
0: Overall, demonstrating I w- how deeply into the fabric America racism is. How's that? We say that much.
1: You could say that much. I was going to say that. Uh, what I find is is that literally the storytelling, the overall storytelling, is very. Um, it's dramatic, but it's also very. It's from a very human standpoint. It's 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 not about the powers. It's not even really about the tech. It's about the various humanities that are being explored here or being exploited, um, from from Sam's very beginning sequence, you know, to what's happening with Winter Soldier, to the rebels that they're going up against in the storyline, to Isaiah, to even the the new Cap. You know, everyone has a certain moment or time of expressing or exploring their humanity as they are going through this fantastic episode and or series of episodes, but this is fantastic a series of events. And I think that it, it makes them very human. And it's it's interesting, too, because as I was dancing around the web uh, this morning looking for some information on a couple of things, I found some references to, uh, quote-unquote, gay-baiting. In, In e- which show? Gay baiting um, for, for, for uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, uh, the articles that I was just scanning, I didn't get to fully read them because I was looking for something else. But um, there are some fan bases who are, you know, saying, "Ooh, wouldn't it be cool to have a relationship between Sam and, and Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know, as 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 men. And then there's some other people that are reacting to that possibility or the illusion or whatever you want to call it, because it's not out, out. Uh, they say, oh, Marvel's gay baiting, like they're making it seem like. So, you know, it's like, wow, okay, you can look at this from so many aspects. You know, just just enjoy it. You know, just, just let people enjoy it for what it is. For whatever it is, Let just enjoy it. Why do you got to attack it? So it's it's interesting to see that, again, the humanity... That is being exposed here and expressed here, in these characters—they're very human characters. Um, I think it's sort of going to—it's—it's it's affecting an audience base in interesting ways. I think very positive ways mainly, but I think it's also sort of opening up a little—a little crack somewhere. I'm—I'm I'm interested to see where that goes. Well,
0: there is—I'm trying to find it right now.
1: Were you're looking for it on your on uh-huh. your your map?
0: Yeah. So um I mean it's out there already. You know, shipping. People write uh, fiction about characters and they get they make non gay people gay and they make this, that and, uh, and that's yeah. you know, that's what a fan base does. Yeah. This <laughs> idea that we can get mad at for example, Marvel because we think they're doing something, and without any anything other than our opinion, we're going to say they're gay baiting, or they're this, or they're that. I mean, man, you could just as easily say, oh, well, Falcon went to soldiers; they're Nazis, because they let out this guy in the third episode. <laughs> Clearly, they're Nazis. No. No. Pay attention to the story. Let the story be what the story is. And if you have some kind of inspiration and in another, there are places to do that. Mm-hmm. But this whole idea of this is going to, I want it to be this. And if it's not this, then it sucks. Or if it's not this, it's, you know, Oh my God. Why are you watching? Why are you watching it? That's how you're going to be. Yes. Go read a book or something. There's yeah. so much out there. If you don't like the show, don't buy a ticket. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So
1: let's keep on moving. Let's keep on moving. Well,
0: uh, enough- just, so, just so you know, Episode three is is getting a lot of. It's not getting the respect that the others did, and um, I think they're forgetting a few things. You know, Sharon Carter is in episode three. Yeah. And they're like, well, they, it's it's not the same character. Well, I gotta remember, it's several years later, since the last time we saw her, and she was left out in the cold.
1: And she's been living in this particular place that is not kind. Which would make you bitter and give you a hard edge. Yeah. Or. And, and which you would need to survive.
0: Here's one of my hot takes for today.
1: Okay, hot take. Go ahead.
0: Or, much like she was when we first saw her, she was playing the part because she was working for S.H.I.E.L.D. I think she might be working for someone else. You know, maybe working on that um, pardon. Maybe she's working for Thunderbolt Ross. Maybe she's, you know, maybe she's an early recruit for the Thunderbolts program. I don't know. But it just seemed a little too convenient that she had all this stuff established. And she was willing to tell these people who left her out in the cold for years that, oh, oh, yeah, here's what I'm really here's my secret criminal activities now. I don't know. I really don't know.
1: Well, once Um, again. Time will tell, because episode right. four is coming. Episode four is coming. Uh, uh, the, the big bad showed up, who may not be the big bad
0: of this show, but he is a big bad. Did you enjoy the portrayal of that big bad? Fur line, collar, and purple mask and all.
1: Yeah, it was okay.
0: Anyway. <laughs> he's, getting, he's getting a lot of art. There's a lot of blowback about that because he's not exactly the same as he was in Civil War, and that there's a different backstory now. He's a liar! <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. Yes. We'll see where it goes. But the intrigue, it's as fascinating outside the show now as it is inside the show. Now, sir, I will shut up so you can move the, store, the show sure. on. <laughs> Don't
1: get me fired up about marble now,
0: don't you? Get get off the yo, you youngins on social media.
1: Get off my lawn. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's talk about briefly (laughs) the trailer that you brought up. Yes. Suicide Squad.
0: Yes. If you haven't seen it, there's the red band, which is a little more mature, and the green band. I think it's green band which is uh, a little more safe for uh, your age group if you're younger. Uh, Both of them will absolutely, positively guaranteed or double your money back, (laughs) amuse you and make you say, oh, this is going to be goofy fun. So yes, yes. Big fun. Uh, Made me, you know, I wasn't sure where they were going and I kind of trust James Gunn. So, okay. But to see uh, all the ridiculousness that they have just lined up. And, you know, it's going to just go barreling through a standard adventure tale with just heaping loads of ridiculousness. And, and I'm, I'm in. I'm in. When is, when is it due out? It's. I think it's coming out this summer. Okay. Okay. Not, I don't, I don't, dates change so much during the pandemic, I don't pay attention to dates anymore. <laughs>
1: We'll keep an eye out. Is uh, it April I, I, yet? Is it April? Are we in May? I yeah, don't it's know. Defi- it's definitely w- April. Uh, I know it's I, time to we're in Tales April of Wakanda. Okay, we're in ahead. April Madness. You know, KCC yeah. April Madness. So I definitely know it is April. Um, right.
0: So that's all I wanted to say about that. If you haven't seen it, see it. It looks like a lot of fun. Now, you have a rumor and I have a hot take, baby.
1: Yes. Okay. So um, <laughs> quick one. Yeah, quick Hey, I'm I'm going to go see King Kong and Godzilla. Uh, I don't know when, but soon. And listen, listen, listen. No, no. Before turn, you go, my turn. My turn take my your turn. I and IQ and, and put Godzilla. it on the shelves. Yeah, that's the I best way see to King see Godzilla. And, Godzilla, Godzilla and and I will look no at the green or the red um, uh, <laughs> trailers for Suicide Squad. And my rumor, my rumor, which actually is an old rumor, which is still running. Because uh, it started back in the fall, uh, or actually back in May of nice. 2020, and it ran. And uh, I think the most recent article I saw on it was uh, early March of this year. Uh, that AT and T, which is the parent company of Warner Brothers and Warner Media and Warner Warner and all that, uh, is contemplating, or might contemplate, or might begin to contemplate, is already dialoguing with. Depending on which rumor you listen to selling DC Comics to the highest bidder and get out of the comic book publishing business. And there are two, two names that keep popping up in the various online articles that I have found uh, as potential bidders for them, which are kind of intriguing candidates in and of themselves. One of them being Steve Jeppy who has, you know, the comic Book museum in Baltimore, but is also the founder, uh, owner of Diamond Distribution, which Marvel just cut uh, their ties with. And the other person is um, Mr. Kirkman. What is his first name? Robert? Yes. Sir. Robert Kirkman, the creator of The Walking Dead and various spin-offs of The Walking Dead. <laughs> the Walking Dead, The Running Dead, The Sitting Down Dead. The done dead, did did, done, did, twice again dead, kurtman, So, Chris, can you see the concept? Can you can you wrap your head around the concept of DC comics mega iconic characters being up for grabs to the highest bidder? Yeah. And then maybe we can even talk a little bit about what it would be like under the tutelage of either of these two particular individuals. All right. Um I'm fine with it.
0: Throughout the, cr- the career uh, of DC Comics uh, under Warner, and they've always been treated like the unwanted, you know, step stepchild somewhere. You know, yeah. um, if we could get uh, some brand that believes in the story, the values of the characters, the values of the stories. fine. Because every time that there's been a a complaint about a DC comic book movie or this or that, it's always because someone has put a uh, a kind of, I keep always picturing a big thumb with a Warner Brothers logo on it. (laughs) I want to do this, you know? Um, and it happened some in the TV series too, you know, uh, flash was, um, first season was all about, let's cherry pick some, the same thing with first season of Supergirl, let's cherry pick some of the greatest stories and we'll, we'll do them. And then by the second season, especially with Supergirl, it was about, um, it was about gender fluidity and all that stuff as much as it was about these characters. And it became a different show. Mm-hmm. And uh, became a show geared towards very, very gender fluid, but also seemed to be geared more towards tweens. Um, so the t- the timber of it changed dramatically. Uh, there's been so many things that we've seen in the movies that are like, oh, no, don't do that. Oh, they did that. You know, so here's my wild take on this. This is my wild, hot take. You know, the guy from Diamond. Yeah, good luck. But he's a distributor, you know. God bless him. He's a distributor. He doesn't have a a career as a creator, you know. Kirkman—that would be a wild expansion of his brain. He might be able to do it, maybe, maybe. But just buying that, just buying that that company and all that IP, I think would bankrupt him. So here's my hot take. You got to let me finish it.
1: Okay. And I, I have I'm to preface so
0: <laughs> I have to preface, but that there is zero documentation out there at all. There's no, this is not, this is what I think is going to happen. This is not, well, you know what I heard? I read somewhere, none of that. This is what I would like to happen.
1: Okay.
0: And you got to let me explain why. Okay. I would like Disney to buy them, and here's why. They have done amazing things with the Star Wars collective IP, saying, go ahead and run, run with it, and be what you are at Star Wars. And Marvel, run with it, and be what you want. The reason they wanted both of those is because they had all the princesses, and they had all the merchandising And uh, girls love to buy that stuff. But they had nothing that caught the imagination of the boys. So Star Wars characters, the merchandising is really lucrative. Marvel, really lucrative. I would say to them that DC would be easily as lucrative, especially if they did the same policy that they have with um, Star Wars and Marvel, which is okay, Here's the money. Go be crit. And not be, I, and I have, you know, I, Warner Brothers going to be like, hey, prove it. I don't know that I can prove it, you know, but um, with, without someone saying, no, I want it to be this, you know, or, or hey, you know what we're going to do with that movie? We really dug this company that did the trailer, so we're going to have that trailer company recut your entire movie. I mean, that's those that are the kind of things that DC people had to deal with, right? So, given that, you know, I think you, I think DC and DC films could really flourish, you know, and they would pay for themselves between five and ten
1: years, whatever the investment. I, I need, I need to just interject one thing, read an injection. Yes. From what I've read in the articles, they're not, Warner Brothers is not letting go of the film rights or the TV rights. They're only letting go of the publishing rights for the properties. Uh, well, I would, I, if
0: I was DC, if, if I was Disney, I'd say, here's what we can pay for all of it.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. If you're Disney, you can pay for all of it? Yeah. I, okay, that's it. That's right. anybody, else, anybody else with smaller pockets is only looking at the publishing rights. Well,
0: i how is a diamond dis- distributor going to suddenly open up and staff and keep on uh, um on schedule uh a staff of creatives how is Kirkman
1: how,
0: how how is she going to be uh, how it should be house sorry so i got to headline that how is he going to be suddenly um the DC editor-in-chief while he's got all his other projects going. Huh. Interesting questions all. How much, of how much do they want the, for the comic book? Is I have a do the dollar figure. How does that work? Do they get the
1: IP? They, they only get publishing rights. It's like licensing, to the, the way it looks to me. And again... The articles on these things are scattered, you know, over a period of months since May, yeah, the I, can't believe it. I saw, which was May of 2020. Um, some of them are are quotes or, or basically re reprintings of other people's opinions. And then there's, you know, Bleeding Cool has, has had an article and a couple of others have had articles where they've just explored the possibilities. And again, the same two names as potential bidders, keep popping up. So it could be um, the telephone game. You know, this is... Why would someone someone license
0: out the comic book end in an industry that is shrinking? And especially if they still had to answer to warners on what they published. It doesn't make any sense. Hi, yes, I'm going to give you a huge chunk of money to answer to you (laughs) <laughs> on what I bought with that money. No, no. That's why I think if it ever becomes serious, if a and ever wants to really get rid of it and order Warners to cut ties, it's going to have to be for the whole enchilada, and then I would love to see Disney cut uh, Other than that, I think it's just
1: nonsense. Well, time will tell. Time. Will... My hot take became a lukewarm take. <laughs> Well lukewarm.
0: That, I am your mother.
1: What? Let, let us let us then um segue into the final portion of our show, which, which does sort of tie in with uh some of what we were just talking about. There, you know, we get questions from different writers, and uh one of them uh and I'm gonna throw a couple of them out to you and then a couple that I'll respond to as well. But one of them says Should you drastically change an iconic character just to suit a trend.
0: No, because by the time you get that drastically changed character out, the trend will have changed. You know? Okay. You you seem like you have a follow-up comment, and I'm listening.
1: Um, I, I find it kind of interesting only because of certain things, like, again, vampires and zombies. Uh, To me, that's that's a thing that won't die. (laughs) No pun intended, but there is one in anyway. Um, So that, you know, we had we had uh, Blackest Day with the Green Lanterns and we had several other incarnations over the past. God, 10 years of of undead heroes or dead heroes returning. And so I think that how many of those did you read? It's it's not my 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 cup of tea, but many people Zero. buy into it. Yeah, many people did buy it. Into- oh, and, and actually I read the material after the zombie apocalypse, whichever series it was so that I was. OK, so now that it's over, let me see what you're doing. Uh, And, and it re- referred to it. But I would say that, you know, um, the, my answer to that is this. It's 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 basically about the writer. Uh, and the decisions that writer is is faced with. If you are a writer who is really focused on your own material or focus on the integrity of your writing, you wanna you wanna pick and choose, or like Chris said a moment ago, cherry pick, you know, the kind of things you do, the kind of stories you work on. Uh, then probably not. If this isn't your cup of tea, if the trend, that particular trend isn't your cup of tea. If you're trying to just get a job and and you're hired or you're being approached to consider this, then that's your call. You're going to have to make a decision about what you will do and won't do to put a paycheck in, in your pocket. And in terms of the trend mindset, well, that's gimmick. That's, that's mm-hmm. a gimmick. Some of them work really well for long periods of time, whether you love it or not, and some of them die a horrible death even faster than they were thought of. Right. And so, again, you've got to make that decision at the time of whether or not it's something you want to be involved in, whether or not it's a trend you can write or write to. And how do you feel about it in terms of the dollars and cents involved? Yes, Chris.
0: Um, I'll give an example of someone who who changes things drastically when uh, when he writes okay. uh, established heroes and that kind of stuff. And that's uh, Grant Mars. Mm. And the signature with Grant Morrison is he'll, you know, contract for a run of however many issues, right? And uh, he'll pick them up wherever they are, usually in some kind of normal setting for that title. And then bend and twist and change and all that sort of stuff. And at the end, you know, they are going to be returned back to where the, the circumstances they were in when the story began. So in that way, you could chase a trend. In that way, you know, for for the sake of that art, sure. Mm. But drastically changing, you know. Tell me why, you know. It's different. Now, this is different if they're trying to get a better representation across the board. That's not a trend. Uh, it's trying to fix... What was you know for what five six, seven decades, basically a white universe right with a couple of tokens i mean yeah i'm I'm all for trying to diversify I'm not willing to buy that diversity is a trend though that's, um, I'm, I'm not that's sure. justice
1: yeah i'm I'm not sure that that was that was one of the the Labels underneath that category um, right. but it does fall into well, how do you so, it, it does fall into how do you write characters that belong to others and the second part of that question is how do you capture or copy the same characteristics if you're doing a totally new story and you know some of the references for that would be some of the comic book characters or Holmes or Nero Wolf uh, or some of the, even the TV shows where, you know, you've got different writers tackling the same uh, established characters. There are certain things in every one of those characters,
0: you know. Uh, When you wrote Sherlock Holmes in the hands of Othello, you took Holmes in a really new direction. But every step of the way, he was clearly and identifiably Sherlock Holmes. Mm. And you do you did that one after years of studying Holmes as a fan you know and as a writer, and learning some of the ways that uh, his attributes were introduced and the cadence of the conversation between him and Watson for example, and all that sort of stuff and if you get those down then you know there's the character, and then there's the um uh, there's the story you know um i've I have many times told the story of the first time I wrote Blackjack. It was a 10-part <laughs> comic strip that he let me do. And um, they were, he was basically going in to save some kids. And um, every line of dialogue was rewritten by you. Because, you know, the riding in on a horse, the two big colts, the heroism, I had down. But the cadences mm, I hadn't perfected yet, right? And uh, you, as a uh, as a writer, as a um, all creative, will come into that moment sometime in your life where someone says, "Yeah, but it's not right." And you can step away and stamp your feet and do this and all that sort of stuff. But if you want to continue growing as a writer, you go back and study what you did and what the creator of the character did. In mm. this case, you know. Uh, Alex Simmons, globe trotting uh, icon and creative, Black Aaron, Blackjack day. Um, and when I was able to see what you did instead of what I in, in place of what I did, I understood uh, Black Jack is a little more terse than I was making him, and he said things that in a way that i I hadn't, and that kind of stuff. And I'll give it a second to, to answer the question. I'll give you a second example. Um, I want to say his name, because he's been under fire a lot, and uh, it seems like for a lot of good reasons. But the creator of Buffy uh, got a script back one time, and the writer had just been finishing it up just under deadline, and he realized that he hadn't given Xander a line in, like, several pages. So he just took one of Willow's lines and assigned it to Xander. And uh, the creator of Buffy read it and said that was originally when Willow's line, right? How do you know? Because it sounds like Willow. Santa wouldn't say it that way. He would say it this way. And it's about, you know, it's about knowing the characters. Mm-hmm. It really is.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Um, here's another one. How do you rejuvenate an iconic or established character for a new audience? And how far should I go?
0: All the way back to the basics of who that character is and what made him or her iconic. Go and, you know, whether you're going to the library or going, you know, they have the Libby service and all those other services online. See how far back you can get the material and look. At how they were throughout the ages. And you'll see differences during each decade or whatever, but it's the similarities that are the key. You know, there are certain things, you know, Diana Prince in the late seventies or the eighties started dressing like some mod happening, you know, (laughs) but, uh, but her nobility and her sense of justice and righteousness stayed, you know, um, Batman went through various incarnations. Yeah. But, you know, it's so funny. If you read the 40s and the 50s, like 40s, he's a dark, you know, a shadow figure, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, you know, uh, like a dark angel of justice or something. And then the 50s, after, you know, the communist threat, they, you know, uh, what was it? Um, What was that report? Endangering our youth or whatever. Um, I know what
1: you're talking about. It
0: was when Congress said uh, comic books were destroying teenage brains. And they had a report that ultimately was shown to have no research whatsoever. Um, That's when everything became super safe. You know, and they had made some kind of, well, Batman running around with a little boy. What's up with that? And, you know, now those guys were always, hey, buddy. Hi, buddy. How are you, buddy? Let's get this fun alien and we'll take it. And it wasn't until the uh, mid to late 60s where Neil Adams and Danny O'Neill said, no, we're going to take him back to the roots, made him Mm -hmm. the dark Knight detective. And there'd been some element of that ever since he got darker. He got too too dark for a while. He got, you know, brought him back up to the most dangerous man in the world and all that sort of stuff. But there was a core, you know, so know the core and then. The question becomes, how do you take those core values, those core characteristics, and place them in, you know, name a situation in 2021, you know, it would be very interesting to see a Batman 2021 or Batman 2020s, you know, with, mm. uh, with the trial that's going on right now with Black Lives Matters, you know, um. With lawsuits out uh, everywhere for, you know, oh, this coffee's too hot. I'm going to sue you for millions. I mean, how many of those uh, uh, minions of these bad guys would have sued, you know, he broke my hip. I can't <laughs> do bike bank heists anymore. I need <laughs> money, you know? Um, would, I don't know. Can you? Can you function as the Dark Knight detective? And well as long as nobody knows who you
1: are you can't get you can't get a court order served on you maybe um i would i would add in terms of of the question I would add that uh try not to get suckered into gimmicks again i, I always sort of warn against gimmick writing uh it was, oh I gotta bring them into current uh sensibilities and go for uh, some something thing or some fad or some uh, political moment, not 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 substantial issues, but a political moment, a hot topic on the 6 o'clock news that evening, going for that, as much as looking at what is the pulse right now uh, of the period that you're trying to bring the character into or trying to make the character more relevant to at that time, what stories are going on at that time, what issues, what concerns, what threats are really happening at that time that are sizable and then filter that through your own uh, perspective of things because ultimately, again, there are only seven plots in the universe and when you go to write something that's been written a hundred or a thousand times before you know that character those types of stories the only thing that makes yours different is how you approach it your lens, your writing style your imagination and all of that filters through your experiences. So look at what's going on around you through a wider lens, pick up things that are relevant, uh, whether it's a big uh, global threat, you know, uh, environmental, ecological, weaponry, whatever, or it's a very significant human uh, threat or concern that you can really tell a good story about. And then yeah. that to bring your character into the present with more uh, substantial weight. And I would do it with
0: non-historic, non-time-stampy elements. Like nothing ages a comic or a story more than tying it in to, say, the hit song of the day or you know, this product that is out now or this, you know, like as much as my heart breaks for this trial and I hope for a good response, you know, a good uh, turnout for this trial, I would do a trial about something like this, but I wouldn't do, I wouldn't name like George Floyd or that kind of thing mm-hmm. because sadly, there's going to be a hundred other trials like that, you know? Um, it's more universal if it's a character that you meet in that story and you take through that story rather than tying it to some historical moment that will age your story very quickly.
1: All right. Um, one last question. Um, looking again, uh, tying it back to what we were talking about with DC and the essentials of blah, blah, blah. Disney owns Marvel and <laughs> Star Wars and the Muppets and, of course, all of the Disney properties. And then AT&T owns DC, uh, which is Warner Brothers, which is HBO Max, which is, which is, which is. So the question becomes, is it worth pitching a big comic book company if they're simply being bought and sold like used cars? Or should I just try for an independent career?
0: Both and. You have an idea for DC, for a character, you know, and you think, oh, my God, this is the this might be the greatest use of this character ever. Go ahead. Pitch him. It's great. It's great experience. Um It may work, may not, you know, um, and at the same time, you create your own independent characters and see where that goes, you know, but. Tell your damn story and tell it again and tell it again.
1: And again, and again, and
0: again. Now, I mean, you're the one to talk, Alex, because you have actual, actually done this. Tales of Wakanda. You have actually done this repeatedly with multiple co- uh, companies and multiple characters. Characters as iconic as the Black Panther and his family of characters, as iconic as Superman and Batman, Archie, Scooby-Doo, couple of young boys who were uh, detectives, you know, on and on it goes. So how do you answer?
1: Yeah, I I tend to think, you know, I'm sort of like, a, I like playing the wild card, um, which which can get you into trouble sometimes. But other times, and it's and been my experience, it's worth it. I, I say, you know, you go for it. I say you, you always go for it. You always take uh, calculated risk. Um, I, yeah, I did, I went to pitch Archie Comics just as a writer because I wanted to, you know, maybe get a couple of writing assignments out of it. And, and in the middle of that meeting was hit with a question that when I answered it for them, um, netted me like three years worth of work from them and, uh, writing not only their, their, their basic five, you know, Archie, Betty, Veronica, Jughead, and Reggie, but also uh, several of the supporting characters and, and spin-off series for some of these other characters. And like Chuck Clayton, uh, having a chance to develop him further. So those opportunities wouldn't have occurred if I had thought, oh, I'll never get work with RG. I might as well just work on my Blackjack character. Uh, same thing for going to D.C. You know, yeah, I'd gone to D.C. with Blackjack years ago before I ever you know, published it and I wanted them to publish it and for a while it looked like that was going to happen and then it didn't it just went the way of all things so I chased publishing it myself getting the stories out there myself and and was successful with that then because I was successful with that and it gave uh, certain editors a chance to see what I could do I then get called back into DC to work on Batman so you know and then other opportunities have come and create Orpheus, yes, yes, a Orpheus.
0: character, yeah, woefully character. underrepresented, represented in the DC universe at the moment. Yeah, and like all characters, waiting and willing to be resurrected once again.
1: <laughs> I love that. Alex
0: Simmons can be found easily on the internet, DC,
1: <laughs> or AT and T, or 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 Steve Jeppy. Or- <laughs>
0: That's right. Or whoever lands with DC. Yeah. Um, I will say that Alex Simmons was so successful with that character that he still has uh, Omar Holman uh, uh, spe- spouting about it at uh, uh, in uh, spoken word poetry. And many, many other fans who still are, wow, we want to see more. You were so successful with Archie comics that I wound up with a four-part Archie story. It never saw the light of day, but I got paid for it, and they loved the story. But then, you know,
1: yeah.
0: Archie had its challenges for a well, while. You
1: know, and again, even that speaks to the question, and it goes back to what I was saying, too. Go for it, because yeah. you, you never know. You never know. And, and, and that's half the, the challenge, the thrill, the fun, the pain of being a writer, of being a creative is if you don't create, then you guarantee yourself no forward motion. You, you, will, you, will, you will sink in the bog and forever be in regretville and forever being in, oh, if only I had town, you know, but if you go for it and you get it, great. And if you go for it and you don't get it all the time, still great. You went for it. And, and those are the things that matter. Those are the moments that are, are precious and accumulative, and, uh, you know, because you're learning, you're learning constantly, you're learning and you grow from that. So I would say just, you know, keep at it. And, and absolutely. And, and on that, <laughs> I will say, Chris, do you have anything else you want to say to that? Because I, I realized, my goodness, we're running out of time here.
0: Uh, I just, I think it's Michael Jordan. So I missed a hundred percent of the shots I didn't take. Mm.
1: Yeah, there you go. That's it. That sums it up.
0: And he also says he also will quote you the number of foul shots he missed, the number of three pointers he missed, and all that stuff. He's fully aware of all that, but he kept going, and, and of course yeah. the results were clear. So that's what you got to do. You got to keep going.
1: Yeah. So folks, it was a rambunctious uh, episode, uh, which we covered many things. Uh, by the way, if you get a chance to. For the fun of it, the fight scene, see King Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus King Kong, depending on who you're rooting for. Uh, Definitely check out uh, episodes one through three thus far of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Let us know what you think about that. Suicide Squad, watch those trailers uh, for gumbos of fun. Uh, Also, let's watch Chris Ryan for gumbos of fun because he's got something he's working on. And at some point, he's going to serve it up, and we're going to be ready with, with bowls and spoons and a napkin. Um,
0: serve it up. Bye-bye. Oh, man, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: What, are you, what do you think about the DC rumor? Do you care? Are you worried about it? Uh, who are you rooting for in that respect? And whatever you're thinking about creatively, send us your questions. Send us your questions and your responses and your comments, because we're always happy to respond to them or bring them up on the show and talk about them. I agree. And Chris, as always, it's been a, a joy, a challenge, a test of time and talent, you know, <laughs> and a blast.
0: Yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun. And uh, peace. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> Take care, everybody. Bye bye. Keep on riding, brothers and sisters.